You're listening to the Peak Physique Podcast with Andre Adams on the NASM Podcast Network. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is your boy, Andre Adams, NASM Master Trainer and IFBB Physique Olympian. I'm so excited to bring you all here to episode one. This is the premiere episode for the Peak Physique Podcast. You may have heard our preliminary announcement a week ago with my good friend, Dr. Rick Ritchie. And, you know, we kind of teased the idea out, right? We, him and I had so many good discussions over the last couple of years on his podcast. And there's so many things that I'm excited to share with you guys about the sport of bodybuilding, physique and transformations that it deserved its own podcast. And it's funny when I actually sat down and thought about this and started sketching up ideas for, you know, episode content, I think my list probably ran out the next two years. There's so much to talk about. So again, thank you all for being here. Very excited to share a bit about my story, my journey with you. Uh, But first, we'll talk a little bit on topics that, you know, you guys can expect us to cover over the subsequent episodes. Uh, Definitely going to hear a bit about my journey, my personal experiences. Um, both as a, we'll call it pre-bodybuilding, right? Just as a general fitness enthusiast and powerlifting athlete at the time. Um, And then my experiences as a bodybuilding athlete, all the way from a novice to the physique Olympia stages. And then now in my current, current day and age as a contest prep coach, gym owner, supplement store owner. So just different perspectives that I can hopefully share with you guys that will help shorten your learning curve, help teach you some of these you know, misunderstood or very complex bodybuilding topics. Um, Other things that you can expect us to bring to the table. I definitely want to uh, make sure that we hone in on a concept called evidence-based science. So our goal with the PBC physique and bodybuilding coach course was to break down some of those, you know, we'll call it the black art, you know, misconceptions, the bro science that's in the industry, and really just back that with some formal evidence-based science. And there's really three pillars that we'll get into throughout the, this entire journey of this series, where we rely on you know that iterative process of the latest research, peer-reviewed research. Uh, we're gonna you know, focus on some coaches experience, and then of course those client outcomes. And when you put that triage together, you're gonna get the, the most out of it, right? That's your evidence-based science. So that's a concept that you'll hear me kind of come back to uh, throughout this series. Definitely in terms of the format, you can have some episodes like we're doing right now with some monologue style uh, you know, topics. I might do a very deep dive into a, a more complex topic, you know, like the SRA curve, um, something like this, maybe a nutrition topic or peak week strategies. And then I would say 50% of this podcast series is for you guys. We are bringing some notable figures in the industry, some fitness celebrities, uh, not to name drop, but let's name drop a few of my really good friends in the industry. We've got Miss Drea, Andrea Shaw, the three-time reigning Miss Olympia bodybuilding champ coming on the episode soon. So stay tuned for those announcements. We've got Miss International Wellness, Cassie Gillis. I actually just got done hanging out with a good buddy of mine. You may may have heard of him before. It's eight-time Mr. Olympia, Ronnie Coleman. Just had a special event at our gym, Snap Fitness Kenosha, and and our supplement store here, C2 in Kenosha. So we're going to be bringing on a lot of these caliber guests. 
another thing that I would like to bring to you guys to expand your mindset maybe a bit above and beyond just the niche, you know, kind of sport of bodybuilding is, you know, we're going to bring on people that are good in like the behavioral sciences, the psychological sciences, mental toughness, and uh, things like this. Uh, a good friend of mine, Dean Stott, he's actually uh, special forces uh, over in the UK, right? Tier one special forces. In, in fact, I think he's evacuating people in the uh, Israeli region right now. Uh, Dean is an amazing human. He's like a real live Jason Statham. I got to hang out and train him at the First Form headquarters uh, earlier this year. So he's going to be joining as a special guest in December uh, to share some knowledge on, you know, uh, personal leadership, mental toughness, and how you can apply things like this to something like a physique goal, right? Uh, so definitely some cool things, amazing people to look forward to. Every week, we're going to be making different announcements. So stay tuned uh, for all that good stuff in subsequent episodes. Uh, definitely going to hear from some judges too. So that's one that I know you guys have asked me leading up to this premiere episode. And we'll definitely have some IFBB head judges. You know, a good friend of mine, Tangie Johnson. She's a former American gladiator, also an IFBB judge. Uh, Tarek Gundy, him and I just hosted a seminar out at Legion Sports Festival in Reno. Uh, Tarek's a brilliant mind. He can break down in detail, down to the minute details of what the criteria is for each division. So always a pleasure to pick their brains, share that with you guys so that hopefully between yourselves, your coaches, you can start to formulate a strategy to reach your physique goals. So more to come on that. Um, and, you know, for you guys that are just joining us, again, welcome to the Peak Physique Podcast premiere episode. I'm your host, Andre Adams, and I'm excited to share with you a bit more about my personal journey and experiences. And I think that's a good segue. Let's pause there and, and let's tell my story. Who am I? How did I get here? You know, um, what's what's special about it? The, the interesting thing is I'm a lifelong fitness enthusiast and you know, this weekend, it was fascinating for me to actually sit with my dad, who's now 82, and Ronnie Coleman at the dinner table and listen to them just share stories on, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, things that they were doing uh, in terms of their workouts and how basic and elementary the diet and nutrition and, and supplements were, right? Uh, in fact, I remember my dad telling Ronnie uh, about these terrible tasting uh, liquid aminos that tasted like Dayquil, right? And it's, it's fascinating to see just since I've been around how far the industry and the sport has come. Uh, but it's really been a lifelong journey for me. I was, you know, the little kid that was watching his dad work out and train a bunch of his friends. And it was all the strong guys at our house three, four times a week. And I couldn't wait to start lifting. So around my 12th birthday, so 20, 26 years ago, my dad let me do my first bench press on my 12th birthday. Never forget it. I did 85 pounds and I weighed 85 pounds and you guys, you guys will laugh at this, but you know, you can relate going back to school. I definitely had a little ILS, right? A little imaginary lat syndrome. And that, you know, I thought I was, thought I was a tough guy after that, but instantly fell in love with it. You know, always a lifelong uh, fitness enthusiast in general, didn't have to be weightlifting. It was, you know, it could be basketball, boxing, powerlifting, all these things were fun to me. So uh, definitely, was hooked from the beginning. And my dad actually, you know, would train me along with the, the older guys uh, all the way up until I'd say my mid 20s. I actually trained with my dad and, you know, 
there's a weird story where I was actually about 25 years old, which would make my dad about 69 at that time before I surpassed him. So when people talk about what's your motivation, you know, how did you get here? What, what, you, you know, what forces you to continue training, wake up in the morning, passionate about what you're doing in those early days, it was just trying to fill the shoes of my dad. And if you are competitive by nature, that definitely runs in, in my family. Um, you know, it's something that you want to achieve, right? You wake up and you've got this goal in mind. So um, I actually started powerlifting before bodybuilding. So if you guys have been around long enough, you know, prior to about 2011, 2012, there weren't the physique and kind of model category divisions in bodybuilding, men or women, right? You had to be kind of the big open bodybuilders like Ronnie Coleman to really be successful and get sponsorships. They didn't really have a, a platform or divisions for us to compete in. So I started my journey at 165 pounds in the sport of powerlifting and happened to have the gift, the genetic gift of strength. And you'll realize, we'll, we'll definitely touch on this in, in subsequent episodes, but you're, you'll start to understand your body type, right? That ectomorph, mesomorph, or endomorphic body type, what your natural tendencies are and where your genetic strengths and weaknesses are. Mine was not on mass or size. I had an athletic physique, but mine was actually on strength and speed. And I realized at a very young age that my body responded very rapidly to strength training. So 19 years old, a uh, buddy of my dad actually talks me into doing a powerlifting show two days before the event, zero training. And there's a bunch of semi-pro football players. This was at the, the YMCA, in, uh, YMCA in Lake Forest, um, you know, here near where I'm from. And I hop in. I was honestly terrified because I had no training, didn't know what to expect. I'm 165 pounds and I see these giants. These guys are semi-pro football players. And they had uh, a few competitions. One was your one rep max and then one was your most amount of reps at 225 pounds and i actually won pound for pound so i won my weight class in I actually won two weight classes i won the 165 and then i said well what the heck let me just try the next weight class up I actually won the 189 pound class as well um won the push-up contest won the sit-up contest so we cleaned house and after that i got a little confidence right it's like hey maybe i'm kind of good at this let's do let's see what happens if i actually train for it so i remember googling you know powerlifting shows near me didn't know anything about the leagues and long story short over those next four or five years i ended up lifting with an organization at the time called sunlight power they were also you know they did some affiliated shows with usapl and things like that but mostly push pull meets. so i didn't do a lot of squatting back then just deadlifts and bench press and uh, i went on to you know, be very successful there. I, I think I won 21 consecutive first place um, events there between deadlifting and bench pressing um, and held a few national titles, you know, uh, in that specific league at that time. And what it did for me is it it gave me the confidence to believe in myself that, hey, you know what? I've got some self-efficacy. If I do the work and take it seriously, I, I feel like I can accomplish anything. So, Fast forward, lo and behold, that laid the foundation, right? 2012, the IFBB and the NPC comes out with a category called men's physique. And this is the early days before men's physique was even cool, right? These are the guys in the board shorts, you know, kind of surfer body beach boys. And there was uh, a lot of animosity, believe it or not, between open bodybuilders at that time. Um, the, so the real big guys are the mass monsters 
and the model category division like the men's physique. The reason is, you know, it was just there was there's levels to this. So a lot of the open bodybuilders, um, you know, they have to go through put their bodies through a lot more to try and get their pro card. And now you get this wave of much smaller guys, right? Less developed, but different genetics, right? It's a better uh, category that fits their genetics and they're getting their pro cards. So there was definitely some resentment there. Everyone's fighting for the sponsorships and, you know, the, uh, the promotions and things like this. Uh, so I was in that first wave and it was exciting, right? This, there had never been anything like it. So those next few years, I actually ended up getting my pro card very quick. I only did two NPC regional shows. Um, I, the, my first one, my debut, you guys would laugh. I didn't know anything about the sport. Didn't have a coach. Didn't know anything about nutrition. I just knew how to lift heavy stuff. So here's a funny story for my very first competition. Nobody told me I had to spray tan, right? So for you guys that don't know, I'm half African-American and half Mexican. So I've, I've got a tan, right? I'm good. Uh, at the competitions, though, for you guys that are new to the sport, you do have to get a spray tan, even if you're very dark complexion, just to help balance the physique out and, you know, even out the complexion and things like this. And it makes your physique pop a little differently on stage. Um, so, okay, I got to get a spray tan. I go to check-ins. Nobody told me I had to shave my arms. So I looked like I was the guy that looked like a tarantula on stage. And, you know, it's funny looking back how far you come and how much more well-polished and refined as an athlete you become. But that's where it started. And my first show, it was the Rockford Natural Noble. And it was against the now three-time uh, Mr. Olympia men's physique champ, which is Brandon Hendrickson out of Chicago. And him and I were going at it at that show. He placed first. I placed right behind him in second. And then, you know, we went at it a few more times. Fast forward five months, we both got our pro cards together at the NPC Nationals uh, down in Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, 2013. Uh, so, you know, I, I'll still say maybe a little bit of bias. I think that 2013 Class B was one of the greatest classes of all time for men's physique. But that's just my opinion. Uh, so from there, you know, it was it was an amazing start to something new. Uh, we started getting into different opportunities that opened up now being one of the earlier pros out of the state of Wisconsin. And I actually got hired as a guest poser. So those are normally reserved. Those are opportunities that are usually reserved for the big open bodybuilders where they'll bring in, you know, a fitness celebrity like a Jay Cutler or a Ronnie Coleman at the time, um, you know, and then they get paid to come out, entertain the crowd between the uh, prejudging and finals during some of the amateur shows. And I was the first men's physique athlete to get hired to do this at the NPC Titan at the time. Now, here's the caveat. Again, we wear board shorts and men's physique. So I'm thinking to myself, wow, there's like three poses I can hit. How am I going to fill, you know, five minutes worth of, of posing doing men's physique? So you got to remember, right? This is 2013, 2014 timeframe. Classic physique was not a thing, didn't exist yet. It was men's physique and open bodybuilding. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take a gamble and I'm going to start hitting my bodybuilding poses and I'm going to have some really fitted men's physique shorts where I can show the legs a little bit, right? So they're a little shorter, almost like a compression short. And I hired a bodybuilding posing coach at the time. And I took ballet, believe it or not. Um, I actually made all my, my team take ballet with me to help work on things like hand-eye coordination, right? We're working on our balance, just being able to present and display the body with fluidity, right? Musicality and all these different things that we're trying to uh, display when we're on stage. And long story short, it was a huge success. I had a blast. 
Um, you know, I actually ended up wearing a gladiator kilt for one of my guest posing appearances, which, you know what, I'm not ashamed to say that I had fun wearing a kilt. Uh, those were kind of the, the good old days. So from there, it was it was interesting to see the sport evolve, though. I ended up winning the 2014 Ferrigno Legacy, which was the inaugural event out in Santa Barbara, and it's now known as the Legion Sports Festival in Reno, Nevada. Um, and that win right there actually catapulted my career where I got the 2015, it was the inaugural Arnold Classic Men's Physique Pro. First time IFBB Pro Men's Physique athletes had an opportunity to compete at the Arnold, and they only invited the top 10 in the world that year based on your international ranking. That was just enough to put me over the edge, apparently, where I got the invite. Um, had a blast, ended up placing right in the middle of the pack uh, for that 2015 Arnold Classic. A uh, good buddy of mine, Sadiq, ended up winning that very first one. And then, you know, doing the Mr. Olympia that same year and just starting to travel the world and and really learn more about the sport, right? I was more of the mindset, let's let's learn as much as I possibly can. I want to get as much experience. I want to compete in front of different judges, um, you know, working with a coach to co continuously refine my physique. That's the ain't done yet mindset. We'll talk more about that throughout this journey, uh, but really just honing my skills as, as a professional at that point. And those are some of the best experiences I had. So, you know, over the years, the sports evolved where we've got different categories that have now opened up, such as classic physique, which is where I'm currently at in my career. I've been there since 2017 and it's been a blast, right? You get to display the legs, you get to display amazing posing. Um, and that's really like the epitome of the sport to me where it's the artistry and creativity. That's a self-expression, almost like a martial art, where you get to express yourself through, you know, your weight training, through your artistry and your posing and performance on stage. And then ultimately, what are we doing? We're also building a brand, right? So we're not going to be able to compete at that level forever. And I was very cognizant of that early on, that this is maybe a five to 10 year thing for me if I don't get injured and you can stay healthy, right? So let's focus on inspiring others. Let's focus on helping to coach and teach others about the sport and maybe shorten their learning curve. And that's, you know, that's really what ultimately took me towards NASM. Uh, I've actually been with NASM for over a decade now, and I've been an NASM master trainer since 2016. I think I was one of the first groups to actually go through that, maybe the first or second group to go to the NASM master summit. It's out in San Diego. Um, met some really amazing people out there. And it honestly opened my mind to what else is possible. So you got to be a fan of knowledge, right? Be a sponge when you're out here, whether it's for self-enlightenment or because you want to coach and work with clients that are interested in physique or muscular development goals. And we're going to reset there. Let's welcome everybody to the show. This is the Peak Physique Podcast, episode one. This is your boy, Andre Adams, IFBB Pro, Olympian physique athlete, and NASM master trainer. Welcome, welcome. We have so many awesome things to talk about. And, you know, this, this bodybuilding journey is something that is going to help inspire you and help you in other facets of your life. If you think about the same attributes that make us very successful in the sport of bodybuilding, things like accountability, self-discipline, self-esteem and self-efficacy, um, right? All of those things are going to help you, whether it's a relationship, 
whether it's at work and you're trying to level up, right? All of those things uh, are, are positive uh, attributes that will help you in everyday life. Uh, so definitely take advantage of that, right? If you can apply yourself to something like a contest prep, I'm confident, I promise you, you can do some amazing things in other areas of your life as well. So for you guys that haven't followed me for uh, more than the last few years, you've probably seen some of our posts with different notable figures in the industry. You've probably seen some of our coaching. Um, you know, we also run Team Adams Prep, which has been a blast. And that's the amazing thing as an NASM master trainer, it's marrying this evidence-based research and science and marrying that up with the coach's experience and client outcomes. When you do that and you do it repeatedly over a long extended period of time, what you end up doing is getting data, right? And the more data you can collect, the smarter the decisions you make, right? The more tools that are in your toolbox where you're able to work with different athletes, different clients. Some of them are just transformation clients. And, you know, you've got to remember that everyone is individualized. So what worked for client A might not work for client B. And we've, we've got to remember that there's different ways to accomplish the goal. Um, there's been times where I've had to put a, a client through a ketogenic diet and, you know, later on in prep, they have some GI issues and inflammation and we might have to change it to intermittent fasting, right? So there's all these different ways to accomplish the goal. And that's what you're ultimately trying to gain experience in is, you know, you want to be as complete and well-rounded as possible. One more thing I'd like to mention in this episode, and we'll have full episodes on nutrition and things like this, but uh, for you guys that are just starting out as coaches or athletes, a lot of people will start to ask you questions, especially once they see results. And hey, you know, what's the one thing I can do to get that result? The one thing I'll caution for anyone that's new to the sport is, again, everyone's different, right? Everyone's tolerance, everyone's sensitivity, everyone's um, progress is going to be a little different. So make sure that you're not, you know, doing too much of the cookie cutter stuff. You want to take the time to do the work and make sure that you're genuinely helping people, you know, get results. Um, and, you know, that's that's going to be the best bet, right? If, you, if you're trying to do the cookie cutter thing and, and you're financially uh, centered, it's going to be, you're not going to get the, the long-term sustainable results. So just make sure you're doing, doing it the right way. Work with each athlete. And then also, very important, make sure you're working within your scope of practice. So if you feel like there's, you know, something that's maybe a little bit out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, let's say it's a behavioral eating issue or something like this, um, or it's a medical issue that's definitely not in your wheelhouse. Don't try to be that, you know, um, the, the one-stop shop for things that you're maybe not qualified to speak on. So for those, the best thing you can do, build up your network. Um, right here at the NASM, you can certainly round off your skill set with things like the CNC, right? Certified Nutrition Coach. Um, mental toughness, you know, things that give you enough credibility to maybe high level, give some guidance or mentoring. But for any of those kind of issues, make sure that you're doing it the right and safe way and you build up a network of specialists that you can refer people out to for those kind of issues. Other than that, we are going to shut this episode down for today. Hopefully you guys are excited. I know we're going to have some huge guests coming on. Uh, so keep a lookout for an announcement on that. It'll be a Mr. or Miss Olympia for episode two. So I promise you, you won't want to miss it. In the meantime, I've got some homework for you guys. I would love for you to 
email me any topics that you would like us to break down, do a deep dive on and study. You can email those questions or topics to trainingbydre at gmail.com. And you know, you can also find me online at andreadamsofficial.com if there's any other questions uh, that pop up. But otherwise, we are excited to see you guys. So if you feel like you're as excited as I am and you're getting uh, you know, some value out of this podcast series, I highly appreciate and encourage you guys to share it with at least one friend and let's keep it going. So we will see you guys on the next episode soon. Stay tuned, ain't done yet.